Welcome to this issue of the podcast. My name is Richard Smith. You can find out more about me over at therichardsmith.com. Hi, yeah, Richard Smith here from therichardsmith.com. Welcome to the Thursday issue of the podcast, October 2020. Oh my God, it's been an interesting year so far, isn't it? And it seems not to be getting any any easier. But um, yeah, I digress. Post-COVID lockdown. Now we've got mini lockdowns coming. This is the new normal. I think the quicker we accept that this is the new normal, the better it's going to be for all of us, particularly if we're running small or micro businesses. The quicker we get our heads around the fact that we need to be doing business in a slightly different way, or a very different way, <laughs> just to be bloody honest about it, then um, the quicker we can start to move forward. Certainly with the clients I'm currently working with, we're poking each bit of the the business processes to say, well, okay, if this COVID situation continues and we have a lack of direction from the government and no real help uh, to make it better for all of us, i.e. an unlockdown with a, um, some sort of you know vaccine, I don't think that's a real thing, I'll be honest with you, I think it's just a myth. But what are we going to do? How are we going to change this? And so I've been looking at all these things and I want to cover some of those issues with you today. Um, Certainly are going to be looking at having more online delivery, more click and collect, more engagement online. I think that is where most of it's going. Certainly we look at what's happening with the larger retailers, not saying they all get it right, not saying you should be doing the same thing. But there is a clear move to online and click and collect in particular, which seems to be working very well. I've got a, a small retailer in, in West Sussex, which is doing incredibly well on click and collect. Uh, quite literally, people can just you know drive by and pick up exactly what it is they want or what it is that whatever it is they've ordered. We've also got a situation where uh, e-shops, uh, e-commerce uh, engines are available. You know, pretty, uh, pretty anywhere you look uh, at relatively low cost. Certainly, given the twenty or thirty grand entrance costs we were seeing over the past five or six years it's now possible to get these things up and running really for less than a thousand pounds and I've been doing a lot of work in that and did have a have an e-commerce product and the key to that really is about having really good web hosting and uh, you know with the WordPress installations or even the Drupal installations that are available um, with a little bit of fiddling we're able to, to, to get these up and running relatively quickly and at very low cost but also the security fears and data loss fears can also be resolved quite easily. So, you know, if you're thinking about moving some a part of your business online, then you really don't don't fear that because that's certainly a viable option and it's the sort of option that most customers kind of expect in there, particularly with the click and collect and particularly with the delivery option. So I certainly think if you're selling a product, then um, that, that's a way for you to go. But even if you're not selling a product with you know more online working and file sharing and um, which means less clients visits, which you know you might not might be driving a bit less, but you're going to be obviously spending a bit more on tech. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think having this this belly to belly contact, this this engagement with people is really quite important. It's important for all of us. You know we are you know human beings after all, and we're used to having that that bit of interaction. So I think that the downsides are that we are. Um, not spending as much time belly to belly as we should, but the bonus is, of course, we don't waste so much time travelling between appointments. And certainly, 
one of the accountants and, and the financial advisor I'm involved with in terms of their business development. It's kind of working working out fairly well. It's making a little bit of sense. But as I say, the downside is, is that there is going to be a bit bit more increased spend in, in tech and also things like encryption need to be sorted out. The positive, of course, to all of this is that um, it's change, and I think change is a good thing. It forces us to think, it forces us to do things differently, it forces us to consider carefully where we're at and why we're doing things in a particular way, and whether or not we can make those more efficient. It's a bit of a funny word, efficient. If it, what does that mean, efficient? Is, is efficiency necessarily a good thing? I don't believe it is on its own, but what we're able to do is to certainly... Um, work in a slightly different way which providing um, you get it right should be good for all of us google my business uh, you may have seen this um, it's something that i've been very aware of for the past 10 years i think that's how long it's been available might be nine might even be eight but it's certainly you know considerable amount of time these are the listings you see that were only available on Google Maps, but Google's now moved these uh, GMB listings, the Google My Business listings, to the front page. So you'll normally see when you do a search for a a, a business, you'll see the uh, the adverts first, and then you'll see the Google Business listings. You know, um, uh, in the second third of the of the of the landing page on the Google.co.uk website, and. This is a really valuable tool. If you've not used this yet, I'm having great success with clients of getting a the the messages in front of a lot more clients, and we're also getting a hell of a lot more click throughs, and we're getting a hell of a lot more engagement from these Google My Business listings. Now, I'm not going to say to you that this is they're particularly easy to 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 sort out. I'm not saying they're particularly easy to get on the front page, but if you spend a bit of time on this then they will certainly add some value. A couple of things. Uh, if you get it right, you're going to be getting a front page listing in many instances. You're going to get to the front page of Google for your business search terms in many instances. You can add content to them. You can showcase your work, which of course um, uh, means that you're putting it directly in front of your customer rather than hoping they're going to find it on a web search or hoping they're going to find it on a social media listing. So it certainly adds some value from there. You can also collect reviews and endorsements, which are appear as the front page of your um, Google listings. And I can assure you that if you're the business that's got five or 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 or 1,000 reviews on your Google My Business listing, you're gonna be the firm that's picking up the work in a whole layer of, of, um, of various competing organizations. The one that's got 20 reviews or 30 reviews or 1,000 reviews is gonna be the one that is gonna be getting most of the work. I can absolutely assure you of that because customers are looking to have uh, their hands held to be guided by what they find online. And these Google My Business listings, I'm not saying they're the panacea, but they're certainly a really, really viable option for you to um, to start focusing on. If you do anything online, then I would suggest that you start there first. Yeah, of course, the pitch coming, we do have a product, we do have a service where we can take these on and manage them for you. But at the moment... Um, I'm going to put a, sort of link in the show notes to some of the stats on this, which is really quite interesting. Um, five, six, seven thousand visits, um, 15, 20, 30 phone calls on a monthly basis, all from you know one pretty ordinary listing. But the thing is, it's good for engaging with 
new clients, but also with old clients. And honestly, the stats are impressive. The good news is the even better news for this is most most of the people listening to this, most local firms won't bother, won't do anything about it. They'll think it's just another one of those things. They'll think it's just something else that you know they 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 really can't be bothered to do because it didn't work like the last lot. But I can assure you that the stats are impressive on this if you get this right and start to focus on these Google My Business listings. Importantly, from Google's point of view, they are heavily promoting this, certainly in the United States where this has started to become a slightly different tool. It's a paid-for option, or there is a paid-for option in the US. And um, from what I've been reading online, they are getting some um, good traction, and it's working. But as I say, even better news for most of you is, is that most firms won't bother with this. They won't do it, but... Look, if your business can get 100 great reviews, if it's fully populated with information and if you're an online shop, possible vouchers, and if you're updating it with fresh and non-salesy content, your competitors are going to take a long while to catch up with you. And if you're not doing this, then I urge you to get on board with your Google My Business stuff ASAP because this is going to be one part of the future. And certainly with the new algorithm changes to the main google.co.uk or the google worldwide search results um, search engine optimization is kind of taking a back seat because it's going to be harder and harder to be able to get a top page ranking unless of course you're using google my business and engaging through that you know bottom line here is this is google's business this is you know they decide how how it's going to work and everybody else is just you know hitching their their um um in their wagon to the you know the, the the Google engine if you like. So uh, social media, I, you know, I, a lot of people call me the anti-social media expert because I, I kind of I have kind of had this nag about social media and whether or not it's just a bloody time sink or whether it actually adds any value and I'm still kind of mixed about it. I'm still not really sure one way or the other about whether or not it is actually a valuable tool. But I certainly think there there is some value in raising your profile on social media, but it's certainly not the one tool that changes everything for business. Sure, it makes sense for you to have a presence. That said, it's a time sink and it can be addictive. More importantly, I think for most businesses, it's going to produce limited results for you. But, you know, if you consider the changes in recent years, for example, let's look at Facebook, few years ago it used to show your business posts and promotions to all of your followers now it doesn't similar rules in place over at instagram all being driven by the algorithm and i think we're going to see more and more of these shifts coming in which means that as, a, as an owner of content an owner of of a, of a promotional tool you're going to be getting less and less traction less and less mileage from um, the, the the fuel you'll put in via posting and also this issue about engagement, and I and everyone, everyone, all the gurus go, oh, it's about engagement. But actually, you know, it isn't about engagement because who is really engaging with your content and what do they do next, which is the key. Uh, most people using social platforms just use social platforms. They don't necessarily go anywhere with it. They don't necessarily do anything with it. Uh, and it's obviously all controlled by you know the large tech firms. So you have to be careful how much time you actually spend on producing content. And one answer that I've come up with, which is kind of working, is is to just to follow this step. So so initially to focus on your customer, 
um, what you can share with them and how much money value you can add, what are their problems and how you go about solving their problems. That content needs to be multi-purpose, so it needs to be broken down into usable trunks, chunks, trunks, into usable chunks, uh, mini posts, and then use automated tools to slowly drip that content out but also to then use that same content in larger chunks as um, uh, information on your website, articles, podcasts, short videos, and then cross-share all of that on social media. More importantly, then make sure you use that same content to engage and fire up existing customers. Uh, everyone says, oh, email, email, the email is so last year. I can assure you that you can't pay a gas bill without an email address nowadays. So, so everybody has an email address. And people do read their emails. Believe it or not, people do read their emails. Most important information now is disseminated down via email. Really important, bite you on the bum type stuff. That still comes in the post. The revenue letters still arrive in the post. <laughs> so that's still important. Uh, but more importantly, email is the sort of second most important for valuable content. And I'm not talking about just squirting stuff out but for the sake of it. I'm not talking about just sending a message because you can. I'm talking about taking all that stuff you know, all that valuable content you have, and squirting that out via email makes more sense now than ever, particularly in this post-COVID-19 world, where, as I say, everything has bloody changed. But also, you know, same as email, SMS, WhatsApp, all of these allow you to keep control of the conversation, to keep control of your customer, and you can message them directly. They do want to hear from you, really. They want to know about your product and services. They really are interested. And if you were going to treat every customer as though they were going to be a customer for 100 years, you'd have a very different conversation with them. If you make an assumption that that new customer that comes into your business is going to be dealing with your with your children when they take over the business in 20 or 30 or 40 years time uh, 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 it's a very different way of doing business and i'll be honest with you not only is local business going to be the what i believe is going to be the way forward but also um, this ownership of a customer for a lifetime is going to be more important now than ever there's environmental benefits there's social benefits you know, having a business that's based in a local geographic area, dealing with local people, providing local services makes a lot of sense. I don't care what the globalists say, I think the globalists are very wrong. But from your point of view, if you can, you know, own a geographic area using Google My Business and you can own a customer base or some customer information so you can contact those people on a regular basis and engage with them and offer them deals and offers and show them what they need to be doing next, how to solve their problems, that's going to be the right way forward. So if you treat every customer as though they are going to be with you for 100 years, you will do business in a very different way. And also, you will be you'll start to um, uh, hold on to those customers for a lot longer. They won't necessarily look elsewhere because Bob's the guy that does my whatever. Oh, I buy my ex from wherever. And this is where you can start to maintain a market share and grow your business accordingly. Importantly, you know, when you're looking at doing business on this basis, what a nice way to do business, to go back to a customer that you did work for last year or a customer you did some work for last month and you, or, or, or to go and see, you know, Pauline that lives at number 20 who you supply fruit and vegetables to every week or um, this, is, this is Mrs. Jones, you clean their gutters, you know, for them twice a year. 
that has to be a better way of doing business than constantly chasing, constantly, constantly having to push and hustle. So treat every customer as though they're going to be a customer for 100 years. Value them, look after them, nurture them. So next month, I'm going to do, be doing a bit about um, Facebook advertising. I've been running some ads on Facebook in order to test a couple of bits and pieces. It's not the easiest thing in the world to use or to do. Um, I certainly think using Facebook is harder than using Google AdWords if you're a small business owner. But the targeting options and the way the final thing is put together kind of makes a bit more sense. So... How am I faring? Yes, I'm producing uh, some solid inquiries on a range of products and services using Facebook. It is particularly cheap at the moment, and I think that's because we're in this sort of pre-post-COVID fuck, wherever we are with COVID, but it's certainly working. And I also think that um, uh, the, the disengagement that I assume Facebook has with advertising um, doesn't really exist if you can get the right content out there get the right message out there Facebook advertising works equally as good as any other form of advertising um, advertising and sales are two different things so marketing getting the message out there the Facebook advertising paid for advertising is just one part of the mix of course we've covered some of the other bits and pieces in this and the other podcasts but so but Facebook advertising is a very specific um, uh, tool if you like within the overall marketing spend anyway my name is Richard Smith you can find out more about me over on the richardsmith.com you can also have a look at some of the google uh, my business stuff over on smallbusinessninja.co.uk forward slash gmb if you've liked the stuff get in touch let us know if you want to hear some specific content or my spin on some of this stuff then please get in touch through either of the websites and of course you know leave me a really lovely review or not as the case you know if you want to be nasty go ahead you know um (laughs) on um particularly on itunes because that works really well for um the search indexing of this particular podcast or all of the podcasts and um So stay safe and uh, let's focus on getting the change. Welcome to this issue of the podcast. My name is Richard Smith. You can find out more about me over at therichardsmith.com.